Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello, welcome back to True Crime Archives, everyone. How are you? Good, good. Yes. Welcome back. Yeah, it feels like we haven't been here in a while. <laughs> yeah, I knew, I, I knew you were going to say that because the last couple of times we recorded a bunch of stuff. We did the research and then we recorded a bunch of stuff at one time. Yeah, for a while our episodes had been uh, recorded like every week mm-hmm. on like a normal schedule, but we've right. been been catching up to yeah. to our timeline. <laughs> right. We're just going to jump in. I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> Smarty let, pants. Let me guess. DNA saved the day, maybe? Oh, yeah. I did it. I did it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Today and so this week's and the next few weeks, actually, Dad. Yeah, I know. It just is what it is. We We seem to gravitate to that. Yeah, we're turning into a genetic genealogy podcast. (laughs) Um, But it's pretty interesting. And again, like every time we read about it, it always mentions the Golden Mm -hmm. State Killer. So, yeah, that thing inspired a lot. I think. 40 or 50 cases, or maybe it was 60, I read, mm-hmm. since, so that was 2018, right? 16 or yeah, 18? 18. Like, 40 or 50 cases have been solved based off of genealogy. So it's it's the thing, yeah. man. Bad guys, beware. You bad guys, you better, like, cover yourself in plastic if you're going to commit a crime or something, well, I guess. Right? Let's just not commit a crime. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's <laughs> kind of my not. point, you, you know. Um, Have you seen Dexter? No, my, your mom liked that show. Yeah, he he yeah, covered himself it. in plastic. I no, think, he covered he covered like the entire the room, room and plastic. everything yeah, in plastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he might have done. It. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've yeah. seen the show. It's just not practical. You, you bad guys can't do that. That's why I'm not giving away anything. Yeah, so. yeah. Let's not do that. Okay, so we are talking about Harold and Thelma Swain today. So Harold was a 66-year-old deacon at Rising Daughter Baptist Church in Waverly, Georgia. He was also a volunteer firefighter, so he was pretty big in the community. He also, I read that he was a, uh, a big like activist speaker in the black community. Uh-huh. He uh, just spoke out a lot. It didn't really say anything other than that, so I'm assuming he just was vocal about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did say that every person of every race loved him, so yeah. there wasn't... It didn't seem like there was a whole lot of negativity yeah, in that community, no, but, no. and his wife, Thelma Swain was 63 year old, 63 years old at the time. And this is in 1985. So we're talking about March 11th, 1985. It was actually a Monday around 8 45 PM. And they were having a Bible study at the church. It was like a Bible study and like a little mission Mm-hmm. Mission meeting is what the, how they described it. I've been to this part of Georgia. It's actually it's southeastern Georgia. It's beautiful. I loved it down there. It's where really it's where the federal law enforcement training center is. That's where I went to my basic criminal investigative training program uh, before I became a federal agent. It's down uh, Glencoe, Georgia. I love it down there. People, that's cool. People are awesome. And remember, I'm a Yankee and I talk funny, mm-hmm. and they still welcomed me into the community down there. So it's great. Just, that's, that's and funny. and I was down there for some training uh, a couple of years ago, and your mother came down and I showed her around. It was um, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah w- beautiful area. I loved it down there. It, the way it was described through my readings, it seems mm-hmm. seems pretty awesome. I think I've only ever been to Savannah. 
I think that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When we that's right, we stopped in Savannah when we when I was home from Afghanistan. We went to um, Disney. Disney World, yeah. So yeah. I think I've only ever been to Savannah. I haven't been. Yeah, that's this far. Father of the year that year for me, right? Two hours in line waiting to see the princess. Okay, I'm pretty with, sure with my sure 19 year old daughter. It was only like 45 minutes. No, it was two hours. <laughs> was it two hours? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because you stood in line for all of the princesses. That that's right. And you had only been back uh, stateside for like two days at that point yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. <laughs> anyway, back on track. At the church, it's a normal weekly Bible study mission mission meeting is how they described it. This happens all the time. There wasn't a whole lot of people in the church. There's only I think like nine other people other than Harold and his wife. Right. And a white man who looks but, to be... But the witnesses, nevertheless. Right. Or, or potential right. witnesses. Right. Yeah. A white man in his 20s, looks to be about in his 20s, walks into the church, kind of looking like he wants to speak with someone. One of the witnesses was actually on her way out of the church because she, I think it said she had to go pick up her one of her kids. Mm-hmm. So she was on her way out of the church and he was like looking for someone to talk to and he pointed at Harold and Harold was the only man in the church that night. Harold puts down his Bible and goes to the little vestibule in the church to greet him and say hello to him. And should I, should I read this part, the one I just read to you off camera, what the Bible was open to? Yeah, yeah. I don't what his Bible was open to. Yeah, I just thought it. I think yeah, cool. I think it was significant. Um, maybe not cool or significant, but kind of you know, with the faith aspect of mm-hmm. it, it was just interesting that this was the bible verse so he puts his bible down on the pew and what i read was that it was open to ephesians 3 and it says i pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of christ Mm -hmm. so i thought wow (laughs) powerful (laughs) because it's talking about loving people and that's how he was described he loved Mm -hmm. to help people and he was on his way to the front mm-hmm. of the church to help someone. However, unfortunately, he gets to the vestibule to meet this man, um, and he was shot four times with a twenty-five caliber gun. And then Thelma rushed to his side, and the gun went off again, and she was shot once, and unfortunately, the one shot was enough to kill her. So they, they died, and he leaves. One of the witnesses said that she... She had like, she. It was the one that had left the church. Uh-huh. She had she like ran, looked back yeah. and she had seen a car. So she like leaves, and when she comes back, the car is gone. So they were assuming that that car that they had, she had seen was the killer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so one of the other witnesses, uh, they're all hiding in the church because they don't know if the man is still in the church, right? So they're hiding, and after a while. One of the witnesses comes out and she runs to get help and call the police. And that's when the police show up. So it's Butch Kennedy and his partner, who is actually a GBI agent, Joe Gregory. They arrive on the scene. And at first, they think the motive for the crime is robbery. So they're kind of going through the crime scene, going through everything. Mm -hmm. They think about robbery. They think, could this be a racial thing? But this is, what year did I say this was? 85. 85. So at eighty in eighty five there wasn't like a whole lot of big things. Yeah, there was. Like, so it just there wasn't. was, but when I was reading about it, as it comes to like this mm-hmm. area and churches specifically, yeah, yeah, no, that's there more wasn't prevalent nowadays, lot. right? Right. So w- when I was reading about it, they were bringing up all the recent church 
yeah. crimes that have happened and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, people so. going in and shooting up churches. They weren't necessarily right. doing that in 1985. Right. So in this moment, mm-hmm. and like I said, he was loved. Harold was loved by all of mm-hmm. the community, every race. So in this moment, they're not thinking race. So they immediately go to robbery. However, Harold still had $300 in his pocket. So mm. that's kind of ruled out. They immediately notice a pair of broken glasses, and we're going to talk about these quite a bit, huh? Yeah, I, I just so he walked in to the church and says, "Is Harold around? Did he walk in where everybody was at?" He walked in the front door in the vestibule. The so you you know we have churches look. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, got yeah, the vestibule, yeah, yeah. and then the doors to the right. church, so you can see in where all the pews are. He could see all of the people inside asking? of the church. He wasn't asking for anyone. He was just like looking to speak to someone I thought and he, pointed at Harold. I thought he... Okay, so everybody saw him, right? Yeah, they saw him. I, there was only a couple... I think there was only four that said they saw his face really well. There okay. was only four witnesses yeah. that actually that saw his face. That me. Why? Because there was like nine people there and nobody saw anything. Well, think about it though. He's at the very front of the church. Yeah, okay. There's still another set of doors right. even though they're open and then they're probably all up at the front of the church okay yeah so there's still a long distance i guess i thought he he asked was harold and went, oh over there or something everything i read i didn't see yeah, where okay. he said no, that right. he specifically right. asked okay but all right so they f- all right so the police are there they're collecting evidence and they mm-hmm. collect a pair of glasses pair of glasses it's the glasses are near the bodies of the Swains, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone believes that they belong to the killer because no one in the church wore glasses. Mm-hmm. Harold didn't wear glasses like that or anything at all. Mm-hmm. And the glasses are kind of, th- they're like broken and they're, they've got, you know, like what are the earpieces? The little, the ear, the pieces that sit on your ear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're mismatched. So they don't, they're not like a one normal piece okay. of I, mean, I can't think of the, how i'm trying to describe it do you, are you understanding what i'm saying a little plastic piece on the back that's different no, on the, each side the ear, yeah the ear pieces the things that sit on your ears those things yeah the side pieces they're different they're from di- two different pairs of glasses oh the um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't think of them. what do you call these things i don't know but yeah that the side <laughs> the things that sit on your ear crazy. i don't know how else you're to crazy. describe it about. so they, they someone someone frankenstein a pair of glasses yeah it says ear yeah right and so the police basically these glasses look messed up they're, okay. they're ridiculous so that's pretty unique piece of evidence right. though, right because somebody took the time to uh, you know put them together uh, took two broken pair and put them together so that's a pretty unique a piece of evidence. Somebody's going to remember who had that. So that's good. That's a Hopefully. good piece of evidence. Right. And as... To connect somebody to the scene. Right. And as the police are looking and they're trying to figure out motive, they're trying to figure out who did this, they think that maybe it could have been like a transient person because this church is located off of Highway 17 and this church happens to be where hitchhikers stop for free meals a lot. Yeah, that's always a pain. <laughs> for you? Yeah, for the investigator. That's always a pain if it's like... If you're in a location where it could be transient, so yeah. oh, so now the police got to start thinking about okay, do you keep a list of people or who, you know that kind of thing? Right. 
There is some more evidence that they collect buttons from a shirt potentially worn from the killer. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sounded like maybe buttons popped off or if there was a struggle, yeah. maybe Harold was like holding onto her shirt yeah. as he fell, something like that. There was a Pepsi bottle. All I read was that there was a Pepsi bottle with potential fingerprints. It didn't say anything else about yeah, that. But they don't have fingerprints. So, so I don't know. Yeah. Right. But they still collected yeah, this. No, you got to collect everything. Remember, I, I talked about that before, you know, when you're at a scene, especially outdoors, if there's like five cigarette butts, you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. You got to collect them all because you don't know what, you know. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about the case we're going to talk about tomorrow as it pertains to DNA and evidence and stuff. You mean next week? Next week, yeah. <laughs> we're recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either that one or the other one. They're yeah, all yeah. blending. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some good DNA coming for you guys. Okay. Okay, and then there's the metal box because I forgot to mention, okay, the telephone was cut the line was cut so the witness that was hiding in the church the reason she left the church to go get help is because she tried to call 911 and the phone line was cut so they had found that metal box with the telephone wires from outside Mm -hmm. where the lines were cut and they saved that for potential i guess at the time they didn't know that there was going to be dna but for potential Mm -hmm. fingerprints at the time or going forward um, also, I said church phone lines were cut, premeditated, question mark. And you're preventing someone. Like, why would you cut the phones? Because you don't want someone to call for help. That's a serious deal. That's an additional aggravating circumstance, and it's additional crime. I can't remember. 85? Yeah, we had 911 in 85. So you're preventing someone from being able to call 911. So, yeah, and it's... Oh, y- I didn't y- even think of that. When no, that's... one a thing. That's addition to that, but you're correct. They're thinking this through. The bad guy's thinking this through, and he's saying, let me cut the line first before I go and kill these people so nobody can call for help. But my, what confuses me, I'm like, obviously it's not a bad thing, but he only, he didn't, he only killed two people. Hmm? Right? So, like, why, why cut the phone lines if you're only going in there? To ju- you're, he didn't even go inside the church. So, he just went inside the door. Yeah, like you're you're selling it. He this is all planned out, maybe perhaps. It's right. All premeditated. Yeah. Right. I don't know. We'll get to the end and what the police believe. Okay. And because uh, it this doesn't make sense to me, for what they're saying, the motive is. <laughs> okay. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'm sorry. I'm mm-hmm. doing. I'm pulling a U. pulling <laughs> me. All right. Where are we at? So we go. What do we okay. got? Uh, so that's the evidence, right? That's right. all the evidence they collected. All right. So now, as I said, there's four witnesses. There was nine people inside the church. Four witnesses saw their face. Mind you, Dad. I know you're upset about not everyone seeing them, but there were also kids in the church too. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they probably wouldn't have sat down right. with kids. What did these witnesses say? They say that he is in his 20s. He's got like sandy brown hair. There was a lot of back and forth with between the four of them on if he wore glasses or not. So they sit down with the sketch artist and they do come up with kind of, you know, there's four sketches Mm -hmm. and then the sketch artist turns all four of those into one Mm -hmm. big sketch artist. Um, They said that the four of them were generally happy with how the sketch came out, but there was one woman who said, no, that doesn't look like him at all. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... Right away, the, eyewitnesses the, aren't very no, reliable, right? Right, and then talking to these witnesses, the cops should be like, "We can't rely on on these," but they got nothing, so they have to at least put the the sketch out there, right? Because they got nothing else. But they they understand at this point that they can't really rely on these witnesses. Why can't they put out all five sketches? 
and not even like you know what I mean? That's a good point. I, and maybe I not mean, tell the public like this. This is what all four of these people came up. Just be like, we're looking for these five people. That's a good idea because you'd lose credibility if you said, "Well, we're not really sure." Right. So we're gonna do these four. Yeah, I, I don't know that. That I think you have to cut your loss sometime, and you don't want to um, alarm the public. You, you just you, you make decisions, right? And if you don't have it, you don't have it. So did they put the sketch out though? I can't. Did they put it out to the public? Yeah, but the the fifth one. Sorry, I'm loud. Yeah. The fifth sketch. But what I'm saying is why not put out all five? Yeah. So like the four originals not, and then... That's not good business, I don't think. But not tell the public, you know what I mean? Mm. Be like, we're looking for these five people. And then when you find out, when they find out there's only one, that's a credibility thing, you know. it lose, The public loses trust in the police department. Mm. So... Okay, just a thought. I yeah. did it again. I'm no, sorry. I mean, it's not a bad idea. It's not crazy, you know. Okay, so this is 85, and this is going to go cold. Yeah, they don't They don't have much to go on, and no. that's it. goes cold. Not at all. They can't find anything. There is now in 86, there is a suspect whose father is his ex-father-in-law um, took a phone recording of this man confessing in a very threatening way. Yeah. When you, you can actually listen to it online and mm -hmm. he, he is like threatening. I think it's his, the ex father-in-law's daughter. So it's his ex wife. He's like threatening her, mm -hmm. but like also confessing to killing. Yeah. These people, S not specifically, but you know yeah. what I mean? Who's the guy? So this is Eric Spar. Right. He says, I killed them. In so many words. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, is this the one where he referred to them with the yeah. the racial slur? Yes. Okay, yep. Yes. That's important. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess for what the police say at the end. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he does, he is, yeah, not very kind. Not a good person. He, however, is cleared as a suspect in 86. How was he cleared? So, I didn't, I couldn't find that. You said you read that his boss called... Oh, okay. Hold on. Let's back up. Let's back up. You're right. His alibi cleared him. No, no. But we're I was we're getting ahead. What I'm saying is, what did the police? Did the police? Oh, you're just like rhetorically. How was he cleared? No, is that what you're no, saying? no, no, no. Did did the police? I can't remember. Did the police get this audio tape? Yeah, it says that he gave them the recording, but the police. But okay. he had an alibi. That's correct. All right. So now we're getting there. Right. So he has an alibi. So okay, this guy is a suspect because he said he killed. Right. Right. So and he's being racist. Right. And but he has an alibi. Right. H somebody called the police mm -hmm. and said, I'm his boss. He was working. And they said, all right, it's good enough for us. He, he's he's removed from the suspect list. They didn't follow up. So this this case is a little frustrating because it's a little mm -hmm. bit shoddy of, of police work from the um from GBI, which is a really, really quality investigative bureau. The yeah. G Georgia Bureau of Investigation is a really quality. They so. make an appearance in like every documentary. Yeah, yeah. Every. Yeah, no, they're pretty good. They so. make an appearance in a lot of things. So they said, all right, good enough for me. And they, at least there's well, nothing in there that suggests that they followed up on that alibi. If they would have followed up on that alibi. Um, we're going to get to it. I'm we'll getting get my to it, yeah. ahead, ahead of myself again, but you made a comment about how they're really good. The GBI agent, he takes up 
for the person we're about to talk about mm-hmm. yeah. the entire time. Yeah, okay. He's, yeah, he, he's like, no, you have it wrong. The informa- You have the information wrong. All right, so they cross him off mm-hmm. the list. Now, we're going to fast forward. This is 1986, okay? Oh, oh, hold on. When he's cleared. They... Let's can we back up with the evidence? So they grab the glasses and there's two pieces of hair in the glasses too. So oh, they, yes. So they got hair. Sorry. Yes. So they got hair. Eighty five hair comparisons, not necessarily DNA. Like we talked about yeah. in the Girl Scout right. murders. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not like the Ooh. most reliable. Ooh, that's interesting. That there was a creepy pair of glasses situation uh in that case too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So this hair, okay. So they rule this guy out, and what else is going on now? So that's 1986. Yeah. Um. Again, this case is cold. So in 1988, uh, Unsolved Mysteries is actually going to cover this case, try and mm-hmm. get some coverage on it. And for some reason, they are allowed to have the glasses and, like, all the evidence. They're allowed to have the physical evidence. Yeah, not good police work, as I said. Now, they... The police did keep the hair, though. I will say that. Uh-huh, they yeah, did not right. leave the hair on the glasses. So the actual DNA evidence as it pertains to the glasses is still in the custody of the police. Yeah, yeah. No, they still have an evidence. Right. Correct. However, they did allow the show to have the glasses. And it sounds like all the other evidence, too, because yeah. all the other evidence comes up missing. That Pepsi bottle that metal box with the telephone mm-hmm. wires, all those things that had potential fingerprints, it ends up being missing. Now, they probably have pictures of the glasses too, though, the cops. Yeah, so yeah. At least they got that. Yeah. When this episode airs in 1988, there is a woman who is watching the show, and she is the mother of this man's... Uh, girlfriend at the time so that she's ca- she's gonna call the police mm-hmm. on her daughter's boyfriend and says i just saw the show this looks exactly like that sketch looks exactly like my daughter's boyfriend dennis perry this is the the four composites merged together right <laughs> god which again that's why i that's why okay, i don't so think this, it was okay that, i think that was done. okay so it's a lead it's a lead. That's why they put the sketch out there, right? So you got to follow right. it down. Okay. So she, th- this is the ex-girlfriend's mother. Hmm. Well, at the time ex, in nineteen, no, in nineteen eighty-eight, they're still dating. Oh, they're still dating. Yeah, okay, this okay. is not. Yeah, in nineteen eighty-eight, right. he is dating. Okay. This girl's this this woman's daughter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they kind of just like eh, you know how many times people call yeah. in. It's that's kind of how they treat it. And they, they, you know, they go talk to him. He doesn't wear glasses and he does have an alibi that says he was hundreds of miles away at the time of the murders. And, you know, the witnesses did not pick him out of a photo lineup. Right. This woman, she continues to basically harass the police Mm -hmm. all through the 90s, all through the 90s, because they continue to air that episode. Right. Right. Every time she sees it, she calls the police and says, Dennis Perry, you have to look into Dennis Perry. Mm hmm. Finally, she also goes as far as to take a picture, like an actual picture of Dennis Perry to a couple of the witnesses that were there that night at the church. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of like shoving it in their face, like, look at him, look at him. This is him. Is this him? Is this him? This is him. Kind of. Mm -hmm. That's a little extreme, I think. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Leading the witness there. Mm hmm. 2000. So now we're in 2000. The police are like looking into it they finally decide to take a good look 
And the DA's office actually ends up paying that woman. So now it's his ex-girlfriend's mother, $12,000 to testify against him. And because of this, they arrest Dennis Perry in 2000. Yeah, she, the way I understand it is she pushed for it. They yeah. said, will you test- testify? Yeah, I want to be a confidential informant. And I, I want, um, I think she asked for 25K and they gave her 12. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So she's supposed to testify that Dennis told her that he planned to kill Harold Swain. Um, mm. By the way, Dennis's attorneys were not made aware yep. of this bribe because that's what it was. It was I, a bribe. Well, no, no. It, 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 I think it was a bribe. It, it, what Where they screwed up is under discovery. I think I talked about this before, right? The What's it called? A, a Brady violation. Yeah, discovery, right? <laughs> yeah, so the prosecution has to give up everything mm-hmm. exculpatory that they have right mm-hmm. and they didn't they or any yeah, and exculpatory or inculpatory all evidence right it's discovery because the accused has the right to face who's accusing them right right and so they should have said hey we have a confidential informant um and that they're saying it's it's you now sometimes there's a there's a uh, a dance that that happens you know, they don't disclose the informant and then the judge has to get involved and they decide that they're going to disclose the informant and that, that type of thing. But here's what I don't understand about this witness. What is she saying? She's saying this is the guy? Well, she didn't see him kill him. Like, what is the witness? This is the the most confusing thing to me. What did they pay her for? What testimony did they pay for her for? She said he did it? Yeah. Or she said, or she said he matched the photo. Like, like, what does she testify to? There's no relevance there. She There's says no material... that he, he told her that he was, like, planning on killing. And, uh, okay, so, uh, that's, that's... again, some racial, sh- oh, I can't talk, racial slurs. She doesn't actually, like, I think when she testifies, she says that he planned to kill Harold. But, like, originally, she says that he was just threatening to kill someone oh. with racial slurs. Is this slurs. the one... Who, which one is the guy that said I'm going to kill him because I asked him for money and he laughed at me or something? Is that Spar or Perry? That no. might have been what she was saying, Dennis. Yeah. Y- yeah. Because yeah. I briefly read that. Because he, here's the thing. It's confusing. She says, this is the guy. This is, th- he matches. And then all of a sudden she comes up and she has all this information. This is all suspect to me. I don't think she liked her daughter being with him. Yeah. So what, what yeah, what ends up being the thing that they bring up is that her daughter, uh, Dennis was into, was doing drugs and was yeah. getting her daughter to do drugs. Yep. And so she didn't like that. Yeah. Um. You know, just because you're a loser doesn't mean you're a murderer. But the thing is, I just don't understand. This is GBI sloppy sloppy so sloppy here i think they're under pressure i don't think this was the gbi this wasn't the gbi oh that's right because so that's what i'm saying so this was the case had been cold at this point in 2000 it was a new detective that took over and he just wanted to solve the case when dennis perry is arrested that gbi officer i mentioned hold on let me get his name because i i literally it was Joe Gregory. He comes to Dennis's defense and he's like, no, he had an alibi. That's why we cleared him. We cleared him for a reason. Oh. So Joe, Joe Gregory comes to his defense and he was the GBI agent. And he tells them, no, we cleared him for a reason. He did not He did not do it. He was too far away. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So detective opened it up in 98 and then GBI is going to get back involved 
late, later on in, in a couple years recently. ago. Yeah, 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 recently. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. So again, this witness totally not credible. Like, there's no material testimony here. And okay. Mm-hmm. They test that hair. Remember right. we talked about. Now this is 2000. The trial isn't till 2003. Mm-hmm. It didn't say exactly what year they tested it, but this is the 2000s now. We have more DNA than in right. 85. They test it against Perry. Yeah. Doesn't it, match. It doesn't match Perry. Nope. And guess who it did match? Well, we don't know that yet. Oh, I thought it matched. I they think didn't it matched. Test it. I they think didn't it matched, test it. I think it matched smart, didn't it? Yeah, but it, they didn't test it until recently. That's the, that's the sample that they tested a couple of years ago. They didn't test it uh, in the early 2000s against Spar because they had Dennis arrested. Yeah, they boy, they wanted him bad, man. Yeah, so, that new person, right. he just wanted to close the case. Okay, yeah, <laughs> he that's all he wanted. But it cleared him. It didn't. It didn't match him. But they had the witness. So right. It didn't match so Perry. They didn't, right. They ah, didn't care. No big deal. It's just hair. No big deal. But we got a witness that says, th- "Oh man, how did they convict this guy on such, like?" And they even say circumstantial evidence. It was like. Not even close to being circumstantial, in my opinion. Um, I'm interested because there was a lot of race that was brought up. It didn't mm-hmm. tell me. It didn't say what uh, the jury was made up of. It yeah, just said no, there. We, it was pretty half and half when it comes to male and female, but it didn't talk about race okay. when it came to the jury. All right. So we're we're but, what year are we at? And we're we're le- we're moving in on Perry, right? We are in February of 2003. The mm-hmm. trial has finished. Dennis oh. is. They indicted him then. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I said that in 2000 they oh, arrested him after arrest him, the yeah. DA's yep. office paid yep. that woman. So he goes to the trial February 2003. He's convicted of double murder. Now he refused a plea deal that would would have given him 12 years for a manslaughter charge. Good on him. This is what you've been saying. If if you didn't commit a crime, you're gonna you're not gonna say you did ever. Right. 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 So he says no, I didn't do this. I'm not taking that plea deal. So then they put the death penalty on the charge. And this is... So he agrees to two life sentences in exchange for waiving all rights to appeal. Which, like, wow. I wrote my notes, wow. You're right. I did say that. If if you didn't do it, you didn't do it. But here's the thing. When you're faced... When you're faced with a death penalty and and you're panicking, you're in a corner, you know, and, and the only chance you have... You know it's tough. That's a that's a tough one. You, you know, so he said, "Yeah, I'll take I'll take the two lives." You know. Yeah, and as I mean, as we've talked about, it takes a really long time for people to be actually executed. Yeah, so, so I wonder, maybe I maybe, wonder mm, if he still would have been okay. I'm getting ahead of no, myself. No, I, I I was thinking that as we were saying this, but isn't it ironic? Spoiler. This is what kind of gets me mad. The second he took those deals, prosecutors are high five and saying, "Yep, we got our guy." Why would he? Why would he take that deal? So right, stupid. but if he said no, I'm not, I'm not taking any deal because I didn't do it. They would put pressure on him, and they wouldn't say, "Oh, well, wait a minute." If he's not, he's he's willing to get the death penalty. Maybe he didn't do it. That's why I don't like the death penalty. I know, I know. That's coercion. Well, they here's scared the thing. Him okay, into taking so it. they have zero evidence, zero physical evidence. In fact, the only physical evidence they have is not a match to him. Mm-hmm. And they have this loose witness testimony. Mm-hmm. How, what else do they have that convicted them? What else? What else, Hannah? What else? <laughs> Nothing. I I don't understand. Okay, so yeah. he 
So he's nothing. He's convicted now. He's what year is this? I again? mean, this and this is two thousand three. Okay, yeah. so how many? That's eighteen years after the murder. After the murder, eighteen years. Eighteen years after the murder. This woman was relentless through the nineties mm-hmm. for a decade. She was relentless. Mm-hmm. How ridiculous is that? Insane. Yeah. All right. So yeah, he is. Yeah, he, so he's in jail. He's got two life sentences. Now, okay. So you're right. There is. There was one other thing. So uh, Agent Ron Rhodes testified that Dennis confessed to the murders when he was arrested. But he does say that it's based solely on memory. It was from January 2001 when Dennis was arrested. This was not recorded. This conversation, there was no audio, there was no video. And he's, he's fr- he was from the GBI. But basically he says that, you know, Dennis was like, you're putting words in my mouth. I didn't say that. Maybe I said that. It was like a whole coercion thing. But he's saying that it's, he's, he's testifying from memory. Yeah. How is he testifying from memory? There was no notes. There was no recording. Well, what year was this? 2000. No yeah. audio, no video. 2003, I thought you said. No, this is when he was... It's right. So, the mm. tri- sorry, the trial, right, is yeah, 2003. But he was testifying based off of a 2000 conversation. Through, so a conversation yeah, three years might prior. Might not have had recording yet, but there were no notes or anything? No statement? The, nothing? He said he was, he was testifying Man, based solely on memory. He said that under oath, too. Yeah, yeah. So... Man, they this was shoddy prosecution, shoddy mm-hmm. investigation, just, just sloppy, just really sloppy, uh, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. So he's in jail. So so okay. So the case is over with. We're done, right? We'll oh. do our closure then. Uh, not quite, <laughs> not quite. There is a bit of an update. Um, I was kind of given a little bit of a spoiler. Spoiler. Another reason I don't like the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Dennis Perry is not the murderer. What happened? Hmm. So the, conv- I'm sorry, I'm so loud. He keeps yeah. making faces at me. After the conviction, the murders were con- still highlighted on Unsolved Mysteries, and again in 2018 they were they made it like another show and they were highlighted. 2018, the case was actually investigated on the third season of Undisclosed, which is a podcast about wrongful convictions. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. After this podcast came out with their uh, episode of it, their like little season of it, the law firm King and Spaulding decided to start representing Dennis Perry. Now, in 2020, the case is featured on an article by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which focuses on the alibi that was used for Eric Spark. Spark, right, right. Which, if you remember, he was the one of the other witnesses. Witnesses, I'm sorry. Suspects. Suspects, who was cleared in 86 because of his alibi that yeah. they never followed up with. They didn't follow up with it. <laughs> Someone just called in and said that he was at work. Mm-hmm. So because of this, this sparks the Georgia Innocence Project to get the hair sample, to get a hair sample from Eric Spar's mother to test it against the DNA from the hair that was collected from those glasses. Okay, Remember so I this, said yeah. they have the hair, they don't have the glasses. Right, so this is good. Must have been a good big piece of root on that hair so that mm-hmm. they still have this. So they're able to now in 2018, they're able to... 2020. Oh, 2020. Mm-hmm. They're able to do a full... DNA profile extraction on, on this thing. So. Which, by the way, I think it's really, really cool that even through everything that went on last year with like COVID, mm-hmm. 
like places are still police departments are still putting in the work the innocence project is still putting in the work well police departments never went home i mean i know but like think about like they had to physically Mm -hmm. get that hair sample from her Mm -hmm. Like, that's still the contact. They're still coming in contact. They, the Innocence Project is still going out of yeah. their way to do these DNA testings and this, these genetic genealogy testings. They sent an investigator to her house, right? Knock yeah, on the door. To get, yeah, to get it. So that's, like, that's what I'm saying. A piece of hair? And she says, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's pretty cool. I think mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool that they're yeah. still doing... No, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, they're going out of their way for a case that has a conviction in 2020. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. That's I think that's cool. So they test it against the DNA and it comes back as closely enough to say that a relative of hers had been there that night. So. Right. Uh, or was wearing those glasses. Right. Which, which would have put you there. Now, you got to remember the thing about the glasses, right? The unique glasses and witnesses only identified one person being there. So that's important. Right. They only yeah, saw one person. Yeah, there's only one person. Yes. There's really not a whole lot of like updates as it comes to Eric Spar. They did um, search his home last August. What happened? Okay, so they they have her, they have her DNA. They have a hair from her, and say somebody in her family. Mm-hmm. So now they're zoning in. They're, they're moving in closer to Spar. Did they go test um, Perry again? I don't. Did they test him again, or did they just overturn it? I didn't read that they tested but him again. But how? Do, why did they? Okay, so here's what happened. So they, the judge overturned his conviction. Yeah, I was getting to that next. Okay, go for it. I was. But, just but why? My when thought. did when did we make per, um, Spar the number one suspect? Because of his the DNA with his mom. Oh, okay. And he was like living in the area. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's important. He lived in the area. Yeah. So at this time that they're they tested her DNA. That's I'm getting there. Okay. So they test the DNA. It comes back to her relative. He lived in the area. So they go back and a judge overturns. So this is July, right? So the mm-hmm. DNA July comes 20. back, July 2020. So just last literally a year ago. A judge overturns Dennis Perry's conviction. The indictment is still there, though. So he is... Right, right. Overturned the conviction, and so he'll be pending a new trial at this point. Right. And then in August is when they search Eric Spar's house. And remember, like, he had been a suspect in the first place. So that's right. so when it came back that his mom's yeah, DNA was matched, that's why they went straight to him. So, so, they, and so they let Perry out of jail, and he's pending a new trial. Right. And they're going to investigate... They're going to investigate... Spar. So they have another suspect, a good suspect. So what happens next? July 2021. So literally just a couple weeks ago, last month, the DNA for the the DA DNA, <laughs> the DA for the Brunswick Judicial Circuit dismisses the charges against Dennis Perry. Right. He is now 59 years old. The I think it was the prosecution was still kind of trying to push for them to retry him. The judge was like, "No, this no." no. So, so the pro- they discussed it. The prosecution talked with the family too. And, yeah, and they, yeah, they. Got that's the what they do. That's like ceremonial, I guess. But well, like we said with the other one we it, talked it, about, you it, have to. Here's the thing: have the family on board. However, they got him convicted in in 2003 is beyond me. But this time, the the prosecutor says, "Look, we cannot take this to court because we have." evidence that suggests he didn't do it 
there's reasonable doubt. The jury won't convict him. The defense is going to go, go for it. The defense is going to be like, you have this guy's DNA, this other guy's DNA, who's a suspect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that brings reasonable doubt. They can't get a conviction. And that now they believe that he didn't do it. So the prosecutor is, is sort of believing that he didn't do it. So they said, nope, charges are dropped. No longer under indictment. So free to go. Yep. Just like that. And he's out. And now they're zooming in on Spar. He's their number one suspect. The case is still open. He's the number one suspect. Yes. But, they, yeah, it's still open. They're looking into him, but there's nothing. There hasn't been any other okay. update other than... So they have to collect evidence. They, they have to... his home. They have, yeah, they searched her, his mom's home. He lived with his mom, apparently. Yes. yes. And he's he has disappeared because they have to get evidence. They have to get DNA from him. So he has disappeared. And the mom is... What is the mom? Did she pass away? No, I don't think so. Okay, so... I haven't seen anything they searched in a recent the update that said she did. Because they literally just went to yeah. her a year ago. All right, so they searched the house. GBI searched the house in August of 2020, August last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Gladys Spar and her son. So her son lived, lived with them. So at this point, he's in his 50s. Loser. Living with his mom. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. Uh, it was like six well, hours. Well, I mean, he is yeah, because yeah. he's a yeah, bad he is. person. Yeah, you're right. Six hours. They brought. They took boxes out. You know, um, things like that. Oh, they took a small, some some small camo, a Confederate flag jacket. Um, yeah, no, she did pass. She did pass oh, away. Did she? I didn't see that. Yeah, she passed away, and he disappeared because they have to get DNA from him, right? So. They're zooming in on them. So this is all very, very fresh. So they're not gonna they're not telling us what, what the evidence was other than that jacket. I don't understand the jacket. But here's let's look at him as a suspect now, right? The two hairs matches DNA essentially, the family DNA, right? They're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna get DNA from him at some point and confirm it. He told two people and he was on tape one time that he killed them. Mm-hmm. Right? Using racial Use, using using the racial like slur. That's why I said that was important. Yeah. Words, yeah. And one of his ex-wives said that he was a racist. Mm-hmm. The other one said that he was a white supremacist. Yep. And both of them said he said he did it. So you see how they got... So they While got, he was threatening them, right, too. Right. He was threatening them using that as a threat. So this is a much better suspect, right? Yeah. They have physical evidence... And all the circumstantial evidence. And they went to his evidence. boss at the time. Yeah. They finally followed Correct. up on his alibi, you said. That's a good point. So his boss from the time said, I never, I never called in and said that. So it was probably him that called in or he had a friend or call somebody, in or right. Well, yeah. That's a, so, yeah. Um, and this was, uh, what year was he a suspect? A 90, a 86. Yeah, so there's no, no, there no, there no cell phone. There was no cell phone at that time. So, yeah. so he's definitely a much better suspect and that's that's where they're at they got to find him now and they do believe now that it it was uh the motive was was uh race yeah yes because that was was what they couldn't figure out in the beginning they couldn't figure out a a motive and now they're saying yeah we do believe it. i think he had an interaction i didn't write it down in my notes i i thought i read it i believe he had an interaction with the deacon and he didn't like the way it went, so he said, "I'll fix you." Yes. You, you know. Yeah, I think you were right when he was. I th- I read that too. He was like asking for money or something. 
and he he laughed. I don't something happened. understand so, why Harold would say no to that though, because everything yeah, I read, it sounded like he would have absolutely yeah, and said absolutely. For the church, so yeah, somehow he embarrassed him, and because he was black, he and he was a racist, he he went um, he he went to target him. So and he cut the phone line, so it was all premeditated, right? So yeah, when they track him down, and they will, they'll have a much better trial, and this guy will will for sure. Um, now, if they do it as a hate crime, you know, he definitely for sure would be in some trouble, could get the death penalty, but we'll see. Yeah, that'll be interesting. All right, so DNA exonerates one person and is getting ready to convict another Again, person. Woo. So that's what, so that's what I was that's saying. That's the essence of, I yeah. wonder if Dennis had taken the death penalty, had just been like, okay, fine, I didn't do it, I'll, I'll you wrong it, that's it i wonder a tough thing to be facing hannah i know i yeah i know i i don't blame him for taking the two life sentences but i wonder because how because of how long it takes for any yeah. state to here's the sad people i wonder if he would have been okay you know what i mean yeah no i see maybe point. not 2020 I, I see your point because i'd be like no i'm not confessing anything yeah here's the sad thing georgia doesn't have any Laws on compensation for um, wrongfully convicted people. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing. I, I thought you would just sue. I thought you'd just get a lawyer and sue the um, the county or or the state or whomever, and you just sue them. And they, they, which I'm pretty sure maybe you can still do, but usually... Usually, I guess states I'd have... I'd sue that one, yeah, uh, the one person I, I who took over I, in I 2000. I'd still do that, but I don't you know... You know who you could sue? Uh, she probably wouldn't be alive, the ex-girlfriend's mom. Yeah, so 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 the state of Georgia doesn't have any laws for compensation of wrongfully convicted. So, yeah. So there's... I, I was reading hmm. there's some fun set up for them or something like that, but uh, let's hope they get a uh, spar. Maybe we'll do a... Re- we'll, oh, I is there like a GoFundMe or something? I don't think it's a GoFundMe. This is a fundraiser. Oh, I'm going to yeah. research that. I'll maybe post that i'm gonna follow up too on this one i want to see whether i'm gonna reach out to the gbi see if they'll share any information i doubt they will on um on spar and see what they're you know where Listen, they're going. another podcast h- yeah. helped i know I <laughs> if know. you guys know of this person eric spar yeah he's again he's older he's my age or something i guess i would imagine oh well dennis perry's 59 yeah I think so, the same age yeah. so around that yeah okay all right. So we will put continue to follow this one mm-hmm. for yep. you guys and have potential updates. All right. As always, we appreciate you guys rating and reviewing on iTunes. Please, please, please write a review if you have anything to say, any like constructive criticism, any notes. Tell us how you're feeling, how you're enjoying it, what you like, what you don't like. We really would love to hear all that feedback. And then you can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. And we're also on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. Yeah, we just post all the updates. We hang out there. We post updates. Did I say updates already? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like life updates, you know? We, yeah, we post you know, we it all. share a little bit about ourselves. My birthday's coming up, so <laughs> dad should be doing a birthday post for me soon, <laughs> and this will be his first post on Instagram. <laughs> I'm going to get some help from your cousins. <laughs> All right. I'm just kidding, <laughs> kind of. So, yeah, that's that's where we are. That's what we do. We're talking about also going live on Instagram for one of these recordings. 
So if that's something mm. that you guys are interested in, we're talking about it. I think it would be fun. If that's something you guys are interested in, please let us know. Uh, you guys would get like to see us record in the moment and you'd get to basically hear the episode raw and first. Oh, that's like, funny. So I think that would be what's funny. It'll be funny for them to listen to us. <laughs> yeah, it'll be. I don't think I don't think you're going to be able to focus. Yeah. OK. All right. So if that is something that you guys are interested in, please let us know. I'll probably put up a poll on Instagram stories or something, but let us know. All right. And yeah, we will talk to you guys next week. Not see you guys next week. That's I always right. say see you guys. Talk yeah. to you guys next week. All right. Later. Bye. Bye.